Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Parker, what are your thoughts on Garfield eating lasagna? Someone says to me, Garfield ate lasagna. I'm like, fuck, really? Wake the fuck up. I guess that's what I'm saying. Once you've lost your virginity to this fucking cat, and you can come in and say something to me about, like, my cat wouldn't do that. I'm like, are you serious? I'm like down the fucking road on that. It's a cool point of view to be like, my cat is still innocent. My cat didn't fucking lie to John Arbuckle. My cat didn't kick Odie off the table. My cat didn't fucking commit any atrocities. That's cool, because you're living in a fucking dream world. In related news, we watched a B movie. Uh, <laughs> All right, tune in next week. Um, I, I just wanted to confirm with them beforehand that no, they didn't trick me into watching B movie while they just watched something else. If that had been the case, we would have had to pivot to something else. But no. Oh no, we still would have done B movie. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> Make no mistake, the listeners were promised to be. Yeah. So in the uh... we would never promise a movie and then go back on it. In the Larry because someone forgot to set up their Plex server. Anyway, uh, this is a real movie that exists. Um, I guess we'll get into it in a little bit, but uh, first of all, uh, no news today, right, Parker? No, mercifully. Oh, thank God. All right, we're all about... very tired, boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's let's talk about what we watched recently. I'll go first because I, I think mine are going to be pretty interesting. Uh, first one is oh, never mind. <laughs> the first one is "Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown," which is supposed to be a comedy. Whole thing was in Spanish, and I think there was something lost in translation, so I don't really uh, like it that much. Uh, then I watched Dead Ringers, and uh, hot take here, uh, David Cronenberg. Holy shit, pretty talented, huh? Pretty good at movies. Yeah, and I'll say this, uh, he wrote and directed most of his movies, so opportunity for a masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, actually, yeah, Dead Ringers, have either of you seen it? Not yet. I uh, think I've no. only seen fly and videodrome i think that's it oh what? those yeah. are both really good I, ones, I, so. i've only seen a wait 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 uh, I, mean, I think you've seen scanners though right uh, just the scene oh well, i've never that's, seen the whole thing to be fair that is the one that's worth watching um yeah. dead ringers actually i do not think qualifies as a horror and doesn't even qualify as a thriller it's more of a drama but uh actually pretty uh pretty interesting <laughs> stuff it's actually really well done a lot of credit to jeremy irons this is one that the other alex female alex uh highly recommended and she really really likes this movie and i can see why this i think might be a woman's worst nightmare it's this really real it's a pair of really really disturbed uh gynecologists and uh the movie kind of proceeds from there and it is so you're saying this is worse than november 2016 <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> and uh, I think the most impressive thing about this is not just the fact that um, Jeremy Irons plays a dual role, but there are a couple scenes in here where I'm not sure how they did this. And I've said that about a bunch of David Cronenberg movies, so Dead Ringers gets very high praise. <laughs> then I downloaded a movie. Uh, you know, I, I do the whole thing with lists, and sometimes I don't even look up anything about them. I'll just straight up download it. 1989, Crimes and Misdemeanors. Let's see what this is. 
Opening credit, directed by Woody Allen. So, <laughs> got him. Yeah, that's what I get. There's like so. How many people fucked the teenager? Uh, there. Oh, it's cool. It's totally legal though. It's fine. I well, it's di- actually she's three thousand years old. <laughs> she just has the body of a teenager. Yo, actually, I thought they were going to go in a place with a really, really uh, awful joke. Not even a joke, just an awful like mention of a scene. Uh, his sister in the movie. Um, is young and attractive so I don't know how she's related to him she's uh, dating this one guy and uh, they haven't done anything yet but they get to back to her apartment they both had a bit to drink he's like I want to tie you up and make love to you or whatever and she's like oh yeah sure sounds like a good time so he ties her up and she's like and then he oh I don't even want to say it's too awful and Woody Allen keeps pressing because you know he's a perv and uh, you keep thinking that she's going to say that oh I was raped by this guy and no he instead took his pants off and just f- fucking dumped ass on her face. <laughs> Which is, I have to admit, that one kind of got me because that is the last joke I would expect in a Woody Allen movie. <laughs> um, but uh, overall, uh, yeah, I did not like it at all. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not a Woody Allen guy uh, for various reasons. You know, props to him, though, for just writing himself as the main character in every single movie he's ever made. Uh, we'd, like, that takes commitment. That's like some fanfiction.net We'd like to issue a correction here on Real Deal No Sex Appeal. You do not, under any under any circumstances, have to give props to Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta hand it to him. The man gave himself so many opportunities to fuck kids. It's, it's a good screen. point, because like, seriously, in every single movie, like, oh, I don't know why this, this girl who's only like 19 years old, she doesn't want to sleep with me. I'm like 45 back in 77 she won't go out with me I'm five foot be the guy. change you want to see in your world and he did that <laughs> well I mean he's a trailblazer anyway um <laughs> sorry I, okay I have to uh, get it together sorry uh, next one I saw was Godzilla versus Biolante um oh god yes this this is often yes. rated as I think the second best Godzilla movie uh, second behind the first one which I thought was crap but uh, this one is I have to admit this is an actual pretty good movie um <laughs> the plot summary is fantastic uh, Alex are you familiar with this I sure am <laughs> so in this movie Godzilla fights a gigantic mutated rosebush that has the soul of a dead woman who has ESP um, <laughs> I got an hour into this movie and had to turn it off to take a power nap. I turned it back on and I was like, oh, I'll restart from an hour in. And I accidentally clicked on Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, which immediately starts with a scene <laughs> an hour in with some guy who's racing really fast like the Terminator that lifts up a van. Turns out he's a time-traveling cyborg. And uh, That is an accurate depiction of Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking good. And, and then there's... Turns out King Ghidorah is also part robot because there's a metal head there and a woman craw- crawls inside him like he's a Megazord and then they... Oh, he gets hurt, but they have to go back into the future to heal him and then bring him back. When they go back in time and murk... <laughs> dinosaur Godzilla with the army <laughs> and then come back like alright we're done what the fuck is that thing <laughs> see that's the thing is like, I had no idea what I was looking at because I was like what happened to Biolante so I I realized my mistake I was like okay I'll continue from Biolante an hour and uh, Parker you were talking about how the design for it is one of the coolest kaiju designs so you've ever I'm, seen you're a thousand percent right it looked fantastic I'm, I could tell all the work that goes into it I think I, I told you that I'm 
I'm not really much of a kaiju guy. I try. I guess I respect the art form. It's just not for me. But the number one thing that comes off to me is hard work. If I can see the hard work, I'll at least have a modicum of respect for it. And I have a lot of respect for it, especially this movie. Because even though the thing has a giant rose bush for a face, it's it's like obscured by fog and, and smoke effects. And it just looks good. And they worked really, really hard on this one. And the plot isn't completely stupid. So... You know, I, I will defend this one. This is a pretty good movie. Uh, Imagining two dozen people just pulling wires to make this gigantic plant eat Godzilla's face. It warms the heart, honestly. Honestly, there it's were a good. couple of scenes in there that reminded me of The Thing, you know? Uh, it's, you know, special effects that uh, they worked really hard on. So, unfortunately, this made no money, so the studio looked and said, oh, we'll never do anything like that again, so we're really excited to... Bring back the old favorites. Yeah. <laughs> Throw in Mothra, do a Mechagodzilla. Is that Barogon? Well, now it is. Anyway, uh, I've got a new segment for us. It's called Woo's Man's Is This. Uh, I watched a John Woo. I watched a John Woo movie called The Killer. This this took me forever to find. Um, it's all the versions I had. I had one that was in English as VHS quality, so it's unwatchable. There's a version on YouTube that has two audio versions laid underneath, so it's impossible to understand. Oh, that owns. Yeah, so shout out to that guy. <laughs> I was able to find an HD version in Chinese, which is the way I want it. This has Chow Yun Fat in it, and he's really really God, good. Yes. Um, it's okay. Look, it's it's obviously not as good as it's obviously not as good as Face Off, and but um, like what is? And it's obviously exactly. not. As, it's not even as good that, as like, like that. Like, caveat goes without. Yeah, saying, I, you know, obviously. I say that even too much. I, I think actually we've said that on this podcast a lot more than we think that this movie isn't as good as Face Off, but uh, it's just so unfair. Yeah, it really like, is. But like that's the thing is like in every single one of his movies, he often chooses a leading man who can who can go there. You know, and Chow Yun Fat does a pretty decent job. He's he's stoic, but he's you know he's emotional. He cares about what he does and the world that he lives in, and that's a lot of fun. Uh, the police detective is a really really good foil for him. Uh, the the nightclub singer Jenny is fantastic. She she actually does a really good job of pretending to be blind. Um, the thing about it is, you can kind of tell it's a little bit primitive. Um, you can kind of tell he's sort of working to get into that sort of John Woo gear, but. Again, you can see all the hard work that goes into it. It's a pretty decent movie. I'd, I'd give it a tentative recommendation. Um, I watched, on the recommendation of Bill, um, a friend from Trivia, a movie called The War of the Roses. This is directed by our good friend Danny DeVito. We've seen Danny DeVito do a whole lot of stuff. I think a lot of people know him as Frank from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I think they just sort of apply, that must be what Danny DeVito's really like. Uh, I have a feeling if you ever watch The War of the Roses, you're not really expecting that Danny DeVito. He's not really funny in this movie. He's just like a really straight narrator. And I, I actually kind of uh, I kind of enjoy him in the movie. Everything else in the movie is a little too dark for the comedic elements. At one point, it feels... It, the movie implies that the woman kills a dog and bakes it into food and feeds it to her <laughs> owner. And Hell yeah. It's... The thing is, the movie the movie could make that funny, but in this way, it, it doesn't really work. And in, in the end, it turns out, oh, she didn't actually kill and bake the dog. But uh, I don't know. Something, gotcha. Yeah, it, it just I don't know. It just doesn't work. Um, anyway, it, it ends with I think both both uh, people are like they're trying to get divorced or whatever. And they end up killing themselves or something. It's like so try to work things out with your wife. Otherwise, this could happen to you. Merry Christmas. <laughs> just, <laughs> the movie just ends. And they try to get divorced and they kill themselves. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, pretty much. That's kind of the way that it goes. And then at the end, they play like this Disney music. It's 
kind of kind of weird. I, I don't know if I could recommend it. But uh, the other one I watched, yeah, I'm very happy to talk about, is Anaconda. I got to see oh this God, in theaters. Yes. Do the voice, do the voice, do the voice. Oh, I don't know <laughs> which way the snake went. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, a lot of people have talked about, oh, remember, peak J-Lo was at her hottest in Anaconda. I don't know why they would think that, because she's... Same, but Owen Wilson. <laughs> Same, but it's not J- Wow, yes. the snake ate me. Guys, I've got a really great idea. This guy, he wants to hunt the snake. Let's let her friend die. I mean, let's, <laughs> it's a harm. So, he, he loses his soul and loses his entire life. Uh, the practical effects get an A minus, and the CGI effects get an A plus. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Would you believe that the CGI effects cost a hundred thousand dollars per second? What? That's true. That's, that's true. <laughs> um, they look awful. Uh, the main star of the movie is actually my boy Javo, uh, Jonathan Voigt, who is <laughs> whatever he's doing. He's doing more of it than I've ever seen anyone ever do before. <laughs> he is so much fun. But at one point, like they they find him on the riverboat. And I'm like, oh, he's just in the movie now, and he gets on the boat. And I, I lean over to Rebecca, and I'm just like, do you think he's the snake? Turns out I was right. He does this sneer in the movie that you can't even like replicate. I have tried so hard to replicate that sneer. They 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 light him with like the the flashlight under his face and everything. Uh, there there are so many moments, but I think maybe my favorite one in the entire movie is the snake eats him. Spoilers. And if the snake then pukes Jesus. the snake then pukes them out and then he winks at them. That's so fucking good. <laughs> I, that's, I think that's a part where I laughed really, really hard, and I was like pointing at the screen and being like, oh man, you're crazy. <laughs> Anaconda um, is the kind of movie where I don't want to read anything on it, because in my head it's funny to assume they started rolling and John Voight talked like that, they're like, fuck, what? Oh, fuck? Okay. Sure. <laughs> it's funnier to me to assume that he brought that to the movie, and they just... It's John, are you going to tell John Voight no? Like, all right, well, he's only here for two days. walks up to the director and says, hey, guys, you want to listen to my Yoda impression? <laughs> Rebecca just sort of looked over at me at the end of the movie. I was, like, convulsing, and she's like, are you okay? I was just like, the native people they're looking for were in this movie for three seconds. <laughs> oh, we found those natives. Yo, look at that fucking snake, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there was absolutely no reason to even film that scene. They just... Put it in, oh yeah, it turns out we were looking for what we came for the entire time. Uh, Danny Trejo doesn't even get a line. Um, doesn't even get a name, really. Uh, I think one of my favorite ones is that British guy who comes aboard and be like, oh, it's bloody weather. I almost got a warning because I immediately yelled out, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of really good scenes. I have to tell you, uh, Ice Cube, not as good as I thought. I um I was hoping for a little bit more from him. I was like, yeah, his wacky, wisecracking assistant. Uh, also, this is the best use of props ever in uh, movie party history because um, for the for the firefly scene, they gave us like these little flashlights, and they even wrote down he can do short feminine bursts or long manly glows. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, Brian, that's pretty good. Um, it was it was a really good time. Uh, I I highly highly recommend Anaconda as one of the one of the ultimate good bad movies. That the fucking snake is that is like sci-fi level uh, effects. The afternoon where I watch Anaconda and Lake Placid back to back is oh, yes. one of the most important <laughs> days of my life. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about the other. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going a little bit long on this one, but I can't help it. It's Owen Wilson just sitting on the boat, being like, you know, being in the jungle really makes me horny. Which, by the way, girls love to hear. Uh, and she's just like, yeah, okay. And he's just like, yeah. I got like one thing on my mind, just staring at her knees. And she's just like, can, can I can I work? Or are we just doing this? But the other thing is like, okay, so he and I guess the girl who's into him now, uh, they go into the jungle, right, to like capture sounds. And, ah, yes. And, uh, <laughs> Same. And she, they're, they're both wearing, like, headphones, right? And she's like, hey. And she takes off her headphones, and he sees her take off her headphones, and he says, oh, my God. Like, that's the only thing she takes off. <laughs> it's just her headphones. <laughs> so he's turned on seeing her ears. It's <laughs> like his, his idea of foreplay is just Dennis's implication speech. <laughs> yeah, we're just fucking out here, huh? She's nothing but water and Crocs. I'm getting so fucking horned up out here. Oh my god. Yeah, and she can't so, leave be, because of the snake. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's gonna happen. Nothing would ever happen. But she's scared she could get eaten. But the snake is out there. I I actually do not know how that guy, um, the (laughs) J-Bo, got the uh, wasp into that guy's mouth. Um, So I looked up uh, some of the trivia for this, and I realized that um, this movie almost had... um, uh, Who's the guy from The Professional? Uh, Jean something or other? Jean Reno. It almost had Jean Reno in the the lead role, and I think that'd be a very, very different movie. But hey John Boy, can you just do that impression instead? <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> Movies are so fucking cool, you guys. And we're gonna get really this are. like French guy. Uh, he dropped out. Hey John Voigt, can you watch the professional and just do that in a swamp form? So, so John Voigt is a hardcore MAGA guy, so we're we're kinda loath yeah, to like really praise that. someone like that, but it's totally cool if he's gonna do False. that. False. I don't care who you vote for if you can do now, that. Now that now that being said, like I said, this this almost had Sean Reno. I'm like, hey, th- that would be like a completely different movie and be playing it really straight. This movie almost had uh John Malkovich for that role, and this would have been the exact That's same movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would have. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've seen Deepwater Horizon. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> he does the exact Got same you, voice that John Voigt does in this movie. Oh my god. I'm imagining that movie and it's putting me in a real good spot right now. <laughs> I, I, I just went to the trivia, though. One of the ones that one out of one found this interesting. Just after Sarone falls in the water and the character goes back to bed having saved the day, the boat moves off the rocks as the waterfall goes backwards. Yes, up. <laughs> so they worked really, really hard thanks, on this. Thanks, trivia. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that really bugged me about this movie is that like, they don't understand how snakes work. Uh, but ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> shocking. Same. <laughs> the CGI for the Anacondas cost a hundred thousand dollars a second. That's incredible. All right, uh, Alex, how about you go next? All right, I've only got a couple okay. because I have been working every day this week, Ugh. and I have to move tomorrow. Oof, good so luck. With that. Today, today I got up. I'm like, you know what? I need to have something on in the background while I'm packing. You know, it'll help my productivity. Maybe I can find something funny to watch during the podcast. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go back to the well. I'm going to watch some of the the Bond movies that I haven't seen in a long Good time. So I put on License to Kill first. And I totally forgot how fucking incredible License to Kill is. <laughs> like, I'm just going to go down this checklist here. Okay. Movie opens with Timothy Dalton jumping out of a helicopter while wearing a top hat. Okay. Okay. There are 
two shark kills and a bonus electric eel kill and the guy tries to stab another guy with a giant swordfish so aquaman director if you're out there like what the fuck were you doing like this movie is all the inspiration you needed right. uh there are ninjas okay <laughs> this movie is excessively violent Anto- young Antonio Banderas shows up for like three scenes and has a knife fight with Timothy Dalton I sure didn't remember that excuse me oh yeah like as a Bond movie like this has roughly zero to do with the Bond continuum and Timothy Dalton sucks as Bond in this but like as just an 80s action movie this is one of the best and that is something that I had totally forgotten because all of the effects in this movie are incredible because you're getting 80s practical effects with a Bond budget but you're not tied down with like hardly any of the Bond bullshit Yeah. which the Bond bullshit it's there's good and bad that comes with it in Dalton movies like you kind of just don't care but yeah this is like a top 5 Bond for me and I got zero packing done while it was on because I was just in from the jump so many Bond movies are just really boring for like 20 to 30 minutes in the middle and this wasn't and I was like what the fuck what do I do like, like I, I have to get shit done what is this but fucking incredible movie and I'm so glad I watched it again and then I watched a less incredible movie because I decided that I was gonna skip over the living daylights for now Solely because I want to watch it in Rambo 3 as a Mujahideen double feature. (laughs) (laughs) The Brave Warriors. (laughs) So I went straight to A View to a Kill. And after seeing this, like, extremely violent late 80s action movie, like, you just kind of forget sometimes that all of the Roger Moore movies are for babies. Yeah. Like, within five minutes of the movie, Roger Moore has invented snowboarding while the Beach Boys plays. And it's just like, <laughs> is this really the same franchise? <laughs> so This is doing a lot for me, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I... I mean, Roger Moore, especially in his last movie, is way too old to be convincingly, convincingly fucking anybody. Yeah. But, I, I mean... <sighs> It's, like, this movie's fine. The The ending scene on the Golden Gate Bridge is, like, a top five Bond movie scene ever. The rest I could kind of do without. Although, when he gets picked up at the end of the uh, the opening set piece in a submarine that's disguised as an iceberg, I did laugh pretty hard. <laughs> I need to just go through start to finish and watch them all. Uh... Because, for me, it's the same thing that we talked about with the Rocky series, like... I've had many a Sunday just with TNT on in the background, so I know many set pieces, but I couldn't tell you what goes where. Yeah. I just just need to plow through them. You can skip a lot. You know, my tism will not allow that. I I know. know, But, but like, you're going to get to, like, the fifth Connery movie, and you're going to be like, oh, fuck, how many more of these are there? There's a reason I've been putting off. I've owned that box set for, like, five years, and I look at it, and I'm like... Uh, oh, wait a minute. Just watch hey, GoldenEye again. Isn't, isn't the fifth Connery movie Thunderball? Because that one's really good. It's po- like I don't remember which one is like I don't, the specific ordering. I don't remember, but the Connery thing, especially when you binge it, gets kind of tired kind of fast. I, I'm the opposite way. I'm I'm like all Connery all the way, uh, and then it, for me, it's kind of a slow ride until I get to. Um, I keep forgetting their names. Sorry, I'm I'm really tired. Uh, the guy from GoldenEye. Jesus. Nice. My sweet Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. I'm sorry. <clears throat> One day. Like, yeah. 
Timothy Dalton sucks as Bond, but both of Timothy Dalton's movies are just fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, it's it, like you kind of have to pretend they're not Bond movies, but that's it's. A, I mean, the thing is, the first okay. three are the like you gotta watch them. You know, even if you even yeah. if you're not even into like Doctor No, those are must watch movies. I I'm not in, I'm not as big into Goldfinger, so but you ought to see it for like historical recognition. Oh yeah. Like, I've meant to, like, at least watch the first three, because they're really, really good. But I'll get derailed, and it'll be a year, and like, all right, I'm going to watch them all for real. So I'm going to start over, start back at Dr. No, and then that just be a loop that continues. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. basically at one point, y'all are just going to force me through a series of bets and bullying, and that's fine. Potentially. Uh, <laughs> hey. I do really want you to watch Moonraker. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. <laughs> I'm always down to log movies I have not seen to fill out the almighty list. <laughs> like I've watched the Brazen ones we did for the show and the Daniel Craig ones, like start to finish. Those are the ones I can say I've seen front to back, and that's it. And that is unacceptable. <laughs> well, I just made a pretty compelling argument for a movie with ninjas and two sharks. Yeah, I mean, you're talking me into it. Don't. Yeah. Oh my god, I almost forgot. <laughs> My favorite scene in the movie is Timothy Dalton pocket sanding a guy with a handful of maggots. <laughs> God damn, okay. Okay. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Trying to get through all these goddamn Godzilla movies, and you just, hey, here's 25 more to watch. Like, Alright, <laughs> it's fine. 26, but who's counting? I'm still in the 60s. I'm not watching that goddamn original Casino Royale, though. You can fuck off with that. Yeah, that yeah. Like that oh, you and I haven't seen that one. That is unbelievably scalable and i guess i could talk about bulletproof monk for a minute since there were (laughs) there were snippets in the podcast last week so bulletproof monk i'll just i'll give the cliff notes version on this bulletproof monk is a movie that stars chow yun fat and sean william scott (laughs) 2003 was an incredible time you know 9-11 was rough for the country (laughs) we had to find a way to heal any way we could so in this movie I'm not saying Chow Yun-Fat travels through time, he just doesn't age in 60 years, because this movie opens with the Nazis raiding his monastery and trying to steal his, like, the secrets of monk immortality or whatever. And, yeah. (laughs) So, we have Chow Yun-Fat fighting Nazis, and then Sean William Scott in a greaser jacket, like, running around the sewers, getting into fistfights. They meet. Sean William Scott sort of becomes his protege. There's a girl... The Nazis figure out how to de-age. They fight more Nazis. There's your movie. That's it's the most 2003-ass thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I meant to watch it this week, but I also ran out of time. It happens. It looks like a wonderful time capsule. And unfortunately, I can confirm that in that movie, no homo does not meet the dojo. You hate to see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Parker, what do you got? Not a ton, but I try to mix it up here. So here's the thing about a movie called Night of the Demon. Yes. These directors looked at the grindhouse exploitation genre, and they looked at it, so you know what this is missing? Sasquatch. Yes. They, yes. They found a gap, and they went for it. And my God. <laughs> I mean, I could describe the, Okay, let me tell it you this way. It's very grimy, ugly bloody it looks like shit sounds like shit the acting is shit the bigfoot costume is shit 
But the gore is fantastic, and Bigfoot rips a guy's dick off. So five stars. <laughs> That's really all that needs to be said about it. It's a grindhouse movie where every ten minutes Bigfoot rips someone's limbs off and blood sprays everywhere. Hell yes. It is fantastic. I watched three movies called Phantom of the Paradise, which I knew nothing about going in. All I knew was that, like, this guy has a cool owl mask, and it was made by De Palma. Oh. I did not realize it was, like, pre-Carrie De Palma, like, super, super early on. When I went to the Wikipedia, it was described as a musical rock opera horror comedy film. Oh, no. Oh. It is a lot. (laughs) It is... As someone who does not care for musicals or rock operas or 70s music in general, it was a bit harrowing. I'm glad you survived. But it's it's absolutely not like anything I've ever seen before, I can promise you that much. Yeah. It is well, very much its own film. thing. Oh, well. Newborn porn, as they say. Alex, I watched a movie called Abduction. Yes, Taylor Lautner. Yes, <laughs> the movie. I've been waiting months for this. <laughs> that opens with Taylor Lautner getting drunk at a party. His dad picks him up and then makes him fight him. In the yard. <laughs> 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 he just fucking beats the shit out of him in the backyard. <laughs> While his mom's like, "Oh, boys will be boys. You don't have to be so hard <laughs> on him, dear." I, of course, wrote down the line, we're there at school, and the lone black friend <laughs> gets asked, like, hey, what's that, you gonna join a militia or something? He responds, so I go to the gun range, like, three to four times a week to blow off steam. I'm a virgin, what else am I gonna do? <laughs> Same. <laughs> that movie is on. Un- did you ever even finish it, or do you still not know how it ends? I don't know how it ends. Spoiler, his dad shows up and snipes the guy chasing him, then calls him, like, hey, man, I'm super sorry, I'm proud of you, though. Bye. <laughs> Checks out. Taylor Lautner fucking sucks so bad. He does. <laughs> Unwatchable. It's fucking incredible, like, how you went through all those Twilight movies last week, and it's just, like, wall-to-wall fantastic actors in bit parts, and then yeah. just, there's Taylor Lautner. Here's the werewolf that wants to fuck a baby. Because knowing about everyone else in the movie, like, okay, well, like, most of these people went on to do better things, so, like, I'm not going to judge them on this. Oh, no. <laughs> He's just garbage. And I've seen the start and end of his career, because if you remember, he made me watch Sharkboy and Lava Girl, because we're friends, apparently. You say end of his career, but oh, you no. have I'm not watching The Ridiculous Six. Suck my asshole. <laughs> I refuse. You have not seen the Taylor Lautner parkour movie, so <gasps> I'm just saying. What? <laughs> uh Bond, you need to wait. <laughs> yeah. What blew my mind was, you know, I'm on the Wikipedia and I'm looking, directed by John Singleton, and there's that moment of like, surely there's a different person named John Singleton, and it's not the Boys in the Hood director. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Boys in the Hood, Too Fast, Too Furious, and Four Brothers fame, because Four Brothers is always on our mind. It truly is. Then I watched another movie called Abduction, starring Scott Atkins. Yes! Jeez. So, this was an interesting experience, because it's a direct-to-DVD action movie. Like You just assume, like, Abduction, someone kidnaps his daughter. Got it. The movie opens with him in this grimy-ass dungeon with people getting these chips put in their neck. I'm like, huh, okay, this isn't what I expected. 
And then he fights a dude in a cloak, and the guy in the cloak punches him, and he flies out of a castle wall, and he realizes he's in some green alternate dimension. <laughs> like, oh, this what? is not the movie I thought it was. It's quite bad, but knowing what it is, every ten minutes, there's an elaborate fight scene. But really, that was just a warm-up, because I, I was busy that night, and I wasn't going to really be able to enjoy Triple Threat. But the next night, your boy sat down with a sweet, sweet triple threat. Oh, yes. And that movie makes my heart so happy. Uh, I don't know who liked it more between you or me. Um, I Everyone knows I stand Nico Uwes above all others. But, uh, I would die for him. I mean, I have to admit the plot was kind of asinine, but Parker, I desperately wanted to ask you this because I couldn't possibly give it away. The grenade launcher scene. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> the, the theater lost it. Oh, my God. I really appreciated, so, Alex, you're familiar with the Man of Tai Chi, of course. Oh, of course, buddy. How, how they tease that fight between the main character and Iko Uwais, and then he just kind of runs off because he wants to fight Keanu Reeves. Yeah. You get that fight in this movie. It's good. It is, it is. Whoever decided, all like, right. okay, so for the third act, we have all these people. We'll split them up, pair them off, and have all these simultaneous fist fights going on, and then have them, like, murder the other person, and then jump into another fight. That person deserves $100 million. Because the yes. whole climax is just a series of fights spilling over into other fights. I think one of my favorite things about the movie, I hope I didn't spoil it last week, is that for Ego Uwais, you're not sure whether you can trust him. And I'm hoping that's not becoming like something that's written into all of his movies, because he did the same thing in Mile 22. Uh, so. <laughs> he sure did. So God, I fucking love Mile Twenty Two. <laughs> I need to watch it again. I, I, it's like it's fucking eighty-eight minutes long. Like uh, anytime I have like an hour and a half, I'm like, oh fuck, I should watch Mile Twenty Two. I, I might actually do that, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's a. Uh, it it's. I hope that's not going to become like a recurring thing with him. I kind of like. I just like Iku always as just a regular good guy. I also like the end of the movie. It's just like. Hey, man, you know, the plan worked, didn't it? Yeah, we almost got killed. <laughs> cut to black, cut to them again, walking while music plays, then cut to credits. Yo, I actually, okay, so I have to admit, I like that Let's part, ride. because in the theater, everyone was just kind of looking around like, what? Why, why did they do that? I want to pause the movie right there. I'm going to download on sick. I'm going to pause the movie right there. That's my computer background right there. Tiger Ched, Tony Ja, and Iku Uwes. You do not fuck with these men who are all under 5'7". <laughs> I am so unbelievably happy this movie exists. Exactly. It is now my life's goal to make everyone I know watch it. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to buy the Blu-ray, too, just because like, you got to support stuff like this. You know, Otherwise, you're not going to make more movies like this. <laughs> and I post this in the Discord, but it's that thing of, like, I'm done with these Netflix originals. They're all trash. And then you see Woo Assassins, an upcoming Netflix show. <laughs> Casting characters, Iko Uwais as Kai Jin, an aspiring chef who learns he is the Woo Assassin with a great and violent destiny. Oh, like, I'm not going to fucking watch that? Are you joking? Yeah. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. I am a piggy, and that is my slot. <laughs> I'm going to roll around in it for hours. Watching two episodes and be like, ah, I'm just a world-famous chef. What's that? I can kill people with my bare hands? Oh, All my right. God. Like, I guess there's a long... Oh, it's like Assassin's Creed, but dumb. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> it's gonna oh, it's so hard. It's like Warriors of Virtue went in a completely different direction. Speaking of movies made for babies, uh, wait, Park, do you have anything else? Let me just briefly talk about Pet Cemetery too, because holy fucking Sorry. shit, you guys. Sorry. So, when you hear Pet Cemetery two, would you assume that the director of the first one came back and made it? Because yep. she sure did. So the main character is Eddie Furlong. 
Yes. Oh, no. The movie cold opens with his mom as an actress working on some shitty B movie, and there's an electrical B-movie. failure. Buzz, buzz. <laughs> and Edward Furlong watches his mom get electrocuted, like Daniel Stern in Home Alone. <laughs> That's how the movie opens. He's screaming, "Mom!" like he does in Terminator. Oh, Jump no. cut to his dad, a veterinarian, putting a dog to sleep. <laughs> First five minutes of this movie. The main villain, dude. It's not a little kid that they're putting in the ground. It's Clancy Brown, the town sheriff, who is a humongous shit pile the entire movie. And then they accidentally kill him, and he comes back worse. He's chewing scenery the entire time. His introduction to this kid, it's at, like, after the funeral, he sees the kid, he's like, Yeah, you know, I, I dated your mom back, back in high school. Went to the prom with the whole nine yards. Alright, bye. <laughs> he just shows up to tell Eddie Furlong he fucked his mom at prom and then leaves the scene. It is a movie that is bafflingly hilarious and also full of, like, 20 extraneous pet murders. I don't know why it exists. I don't know why or how any of this happened. But I will never forget it. A fat kid gets killed because he gets hit by a truck carrying potatoes. <laughs> it's... I don't like, know the word like. is... The word is baffling. It is a baffling movie that should not exist. Baffling. Okay. It ruined her career and the only other thing she's done to note is Halloween Town 2. So. Hey, there we go. <laughs> uh, before we start talking about being a movie, I'd just like to say that this podcast is sponsored by the new Pet Cemetery because I think everything is sponsored by the new Pet Cemetery. I've seen it's it so fucking cool. trailer so many times. I was excited actually... for that movie like two months ago and now I don't want to see it. I'm low-key glad that I haven't seen anything in theaters in a month, because it means I haven't been exposed to that trailer again I yet. will say I'm this. Just, I'm good the, for now. I think that movie has a tremendous amount of potential. Mostly for the fact that it, they looked at the story Pet Cemetery and they realized, oh, we can go in kind of a different direction with this. They keep the main basic idea of what's going on here. They're just sort of seeing what they can do with it, I think. And I, I don't know, I just feel like it's going to be a whole lot better than the book. So, I have high hopes for it, but it's very clear the studio clear. went, well, it made money, so why, why shouldn't this make $700 million? Yeah, you know, just I'm put, it's concerning, put, I don't need more Stephen King revivals in my life. Like, just... Buddy, <laughs> I got bad <laughs> news for you. I know. Yeah. Hope you're ready for the Stand miniseries. That's coming your way shortly. <laughs> Skin crawl. About that, and I'm also, gonna be busy for the next And also, Dr. No, are you gonna miss year. out on, on Lawnmower Man? <laughs> I actually do really want to see Lawnmower Man. That, that might be a future episode, except we're going to watch Lawnmower Man anything's... that has nothing to do with the story. Do we have anything <laughs> scheduled next week? Watch Lawnmower Man. Actually, that's a that's a powerful idea. We'll hold on to that. Uh, that'll tie into Stephen King pretty nicely because I think Pet Cemetery is the week after. Ooh. So, you know, yeah, hey, I don't know. Lawnmower Man, <laughs> okay. and then I can watch more Pierce Brosnan movies. There you go. Everyone oh, yes. wins. Yeah, Everyone's that's... winning in this scenario. Okay, let's uh... accept the listeners. <laughs> let's let's. <laughs> Accurate. Sorry. Let's talk about. Uh, Let's talk about B-movie. the meme review. <laughs> so, B movie came out in 2007. I remember when I saw the trailer for this, and I think my brain sort of like slid out of my ear, and I was, I was just thinking to myself, this can't be real. Like, uh, I just, I just never understood what the buzz was all about. Fuck off! <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Like, sometimes a movie comes out and you can't really tell if it's, like, organically popular or if it's just some weird hive mind thing, yeah. but... Shut oh. <laughs> fuck up. Parker, did you not prepare anything for this? We were, we oh, were all trying oh, I... to prepare some things for this. Buddy, 
They'll show up. Don't worry. <laughs> They're peppered in. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, if you just use, if you just emphasize B at every single time, like, well, you have to be prepared for more puns. Was... That, that's like, that's like using <laughs> an as a word in Scrabble, which means it's extremely good. <laughs> I was going to. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I don't want to be alive anymore. <laughs> How am I doing? Uh, better than me. Anyway, I remember thinking to myself, this, this can't be this is this someone's got to be like messing with me this is it's got to be like a fake trailer or whatever like and then it came out it was a real thing it was like of course it's got jerry seinfeld's voice of course it's got fucking everyone else who's in this but movie. i don't want to be a bee yeah, exactly you know <laughs> it's, it, he talks like that the entire movie too and uh everyone said yeah it was it was okay i was like of course it was okay these movies are always just okay this movie's made for a million dollars to get all these big name actors and actresses and then renee zellweger could someone just please who the crap is Renee <laughs> Just tell her to try. Just please. why she's in B movie? Because everyone, because yeah. everyone else is trying really hard, and it makes her look so much worse by comparison. She's God. She's well. Fucking it, I don't think it makes her look nearly as bad as fucking a B. But you know. well, we'll get to that in a bit. Let um, me just read the script here. Oh, that bee's gonna crawl up inside. Yeah, you know what? I'll do this from home. I'll Skype it to you. <laughs> I have to admit, Thanks, Jer. Okay, so my my thing about it is, um, I remember seeing it, and uh, I was as I was watching it, I was kind of thinking to myself, "No way! Are they really trying to play up like a bee falls in love with a woman?" Because the trailer isn't really that like obvious about it but the movie does sort of seem to play it up and i remember this remember this came in like 2007 this is a year removed from sonic 06 where he falls in love with a human woman so that's the only point of comparison i could think about are you suggesting that b movie ripped off sonic yes and then he turns into the where b yeah <laughs> anyway. are we sure that the movie didn't have the idea first but just couldn't beat sonic out the door because he's the fastest thing alive yeah, maybe who knows <laughs> Anyway, this episode's gonna kill me. (laughs) Don't know. Don't worry. We're almost done. There isn't much to say about this fucking movie. Uh, Anyway, I think Alex chose this movie mostly because uh, this is Josh Brody, our friend of the podcast. This is his favorite movie of all time. He's seen Uh it no less than three thousand times, I think, something like that. I don't know. It's it's again the reason it's still on Netflix. So uh, he he really really Mm -hmm. likes it, and uh, based on certain parts of his life, he loves Jerry Seinfeld course um <laughs> i love that like it's also just, part just of... on that note I, I love that bees are canonically jewish in this movie yeah like, isn't that uh i don't even know what they're trying to make like a point with that because there is some racial commentary with chris rock's character i spent 15 minutes trying to work out an apac joke last night and gave up on it i was furious <laughs> oh that that new game that came out apac legends i don't know about it I oh really my god to... i'm gonna put my head through the fucking wall <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's really fucked up when uh, Cypher kills Switch and Apex. Shut up! I, I just, why is this happening I, I just don't understand why Grace Ryan just didn't roar. She's an Apex Predator. Come on. Oh my god. <laughs> the roar has not yet been restored, Chris. <laughs> Coach. <laughs> the cats of the hive. <laughs> Parker, how much did you enjoy how much the bees hate fucking bears in this movie? Oh, that was Buddy. weird. That was like, I mean, I was fucking exhausted when I watched this, but I laughed every time. They're like, yeah, and also kill all the bears. It's just, <laughs> yo, that's my favorite speed running thing. 
hey dude, I'm a really big fan of you. Uh, I, I, uh, I smanged your girlfriend, also killed the bears. <laughs> She's special. <laughs> Don't ever trust a bear. <laughs> I do love the completely unnecessary scene where they just go into the woods and shoot Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, in this children's I, movie. I just, it fucking rules. I have to admit, I actually really like that scene, mostly for the fact that it's like, wait a second, do they even have the rights to do that? Yeah, I just don't think they care. I, I like. I, I'm gonna. I'll just put this out in front. I enjoyed this way more than I was expecting. I, I'm, the, I'm the exact same way. There are a number of scenes I actually really liked. Uh, Parker, I, uh, we talked about this before you got on. There's a scene I think that Parker and I diverged from. I I laughed really really hard at the Larry King scene because they, they just <laughs> ran out of juice. They just is like, yeah, we'll just call B Larry King. <laughs> I was stomping around the room screaming. Could you not just fucking say Larry Sting? Could you not even fuck? But they already made the Sting joke. Yeah, yeah. With, with Sting. Oh, trust me. Do you Which feel is the hardest sting? I laughed during the entire movie. And they're having a fucking... Tri- they're putting humans on trial for stealing honey. And they call Sting as a witness for appropriating bee culture. Like, that's fucking funny. You know, we, we have to admit, would have been a thousand times better if it was Sting from the WCW. More people would have recognized. One kid is like, oh, sick, I love the police. <laughs> we love our cops, our law enforcement. I like how this movie actually brought up cultural appropriation. This movie like spends a half hour being like, hey, too. this bee's gonna fuck this woman, and then it's like, but what if the bees like seized the bees of production and <laughs> took back their rights? And then what if they shot Winnie the Pooh in the face? <laughs> I love that this movie this movie is woke for like fifty minutes, and then they're like, "No, actually, the bees need to work, or the world's yeah, gonna end." I was like, is this like some anti-capitalist woke movie? And then the climax is like, "Actually, without jobs, we're nothing." <laughs> like, oh, okay, then time to die, I guess. It's just what if the Gringotts goblins all quit, but with wings? <laughs> um. Parker, I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say oh, it if you buddy, don't say it. I am white knuckling my. Uh, so, so in the opening scene... Oh, that's uh, weird. We're getting an incoming call from Josh. He says it's very important. No. <laughs> the wind's changed. I heard an opportunity. <laughs> hey, do you guys know who I fucking hate? It's Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, I thought you were about to... I about to you, you, said, you let it off with Jit, and I was just like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not a big fan of Seinfeld, huh? That racist Elon Omar tweeting about bees. <laughs> Oh man, speaking of tweets and memes and internet content, Uh-oh. Parker, I think you forgot to tell us about something. I don't want to talk about meme review at all. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing I watched when I got home from work today, and I immediately went to sleep afterwards. <laughs> it was one of those, like, 20 minutes felt like two hours, and I just had to start my day over. Took <laughs> a three-hour nap. Well, let's be fair, he doesn't have to talk about all of it if, Alex, you won't talk about Beyblade, and Parker won't talk about Silent Hill and Avatar The Last Airbender, and I won't talk about my morning run. I have been trudging through Beyblade. I, I got past the hospital level. Hey, good job. I like the hospital I'm getting level. there. It's been a rough couple of weeks. It's, it, I'll get there. I'm sorry to take your time. As, as long as you're playing it, Papa's proud of you. <laughs> anyway, um, and I don't have to talk about Gronk retiring, which ruined my life. So, uh, 
anyway, uh, back. You think to... he'll be in B movie too now that he has time? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk about Patrick Warburton in this movie. Uh, he's the real hero, and this movie is a, a tragedy because he just, he is a good person. The, there's nothing really bad about him. I think the resume as a brochure, I think that's kind of cool. I think as a tennis player, he's got the right idea. He tries to say he's allergic to bees. There's that's a legitimate We're supposed fear. to hate him because he tried to kill an insect. Like, <laughs> that is the moral impetus of us disliking his character. He Maybe it's because he's a Chad, but still, he's... I, I think he's a hero of this movie. I identify with him more than anyone else. It's just like... Gee, I wonder why. You're talking with the bee. Which, <laughs> he's the only sane person in the entire movie. Oh my god, speaking of chads and bees, can we talk about the chad bees that are allowed to leave the hive to pollinate all the flowers? Because <laughs> that was so fucking All good. the other little nerdy bees get cucked and have to stay home when they go out and just pollinate all day. When those, when those fucking uh, those chad bees come over to bully him, and their bullying ends up being, hey man, you want to come out of the hive with us? It just reminded me of reading a fucking chad drafting story on Reddit. <laughs> Oh my god. RWA, if you're listening, you want to draw these characters, the Chad and Virgin memes, please, please, please do it. Oh, darn. Chad's a solid guy. He's letting me draft. (laughs) That might be the... That might be the episode of art. It's just that screenshot of Chad drafting. (laughs) No, don't worry. He's funny. He's cool. He's drafting. (laughs) I will never forget Chad drafting as long as I'm alive. Like I'll be I'll be like 85 years old in the retirement home with Alzheimer's, just telling all of the poor 20 somethings about Chad drafting. It's the one memory I've been able to hang on to. Drafting in a wheelchair. It's like my fucking inception totem to having a brain. I will pay someone with a good voice ten dollars to read that so I can put the Tokyo Drift theme behind it. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay. Who are the other beasts we miss? Oh, yeah. Um, Matthew Broderick is in this, I guess. What am I even supposed to fucking say? Doing his community service after the hit and run. It it was nice that uh, they they didn't let him drive the B car. (laughs) They should have named him Matthew Drive This so I could make that joke, too. You think he felt uncomfortable when the two bees are just standing in the middle of traffic, like, lamenting how perfectly everything works? Yeah, that's... Yeah. Again, I'm really not sure how to feel about Chris Rock's character in this. He just goes on a rant. I'm it's, just like, ah. Uh, there's, there's some things in this movie. I, I just... Like, uh, I'm really happy I didn't I mean, watch this with one of my black friends, because they would have been doing exactly ooh. what I was doing. Well, I have multiple black friends, everybody. They're real, and they exist. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, uh, Jerry Seinfeld pointing at the white dudes and saying, Slaves for the white man, while a black man was in frame, and he comically moves out of the way. That was really funny. That That made me laugh real fucking hard. It caught me so off guard in this movie. So here's the other thing, though. I want to get back to the bears really quick. Is At one point towards the end of the movie, he's like, Oh, well, I'll help out all the animals of the world. One of which is a cow. Oh, they're stealing my milk. I feel like a piece of meat. Ha ha. That's another animal, dude. You don't care about how bears are mistreated? No, no. Bears get the shaft. We know where bears are in this movie's social totem pole. I don't get, I don't get it. The movie tries to have a movie slam on bears out of nowhere. Nope, nope. You know, I'm not going to say that. Nope. 
Oh, I'm okay. proud of you. There you go. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> we're all doing. We're all doing a lot of. Yeah, we're just a lot of sitting right on now. our hands right now. <laughs> There's a lot of notes when I opened it up today and went, "Oh nope, delete that." So I don't want to accidentally think that while the mic's on. <laughs> I mean, Jerry Seinfeld goes pretty far in this movie. You just talk about Larry King. Yeah, you know he's really Jewish. It's like, oh, okay. I think Jerry Seinfeld's allowed to call somebody really. Jewish. Yeah, he is. It's we've had this discussion about a different word before. Anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway. Oh. Uh, it was very tasteful when yeah. you called Larry King Jewish, so it's fine. Yeah, okay, so I personal question for you guys. Uh, I wish family. Josh was here so I could hand him a bunch of jokes that I can't say out loud. Josh, trust me, he'll say anything. <laughs> uh, so, have you guys ever had like a family get-together and your grandfather just talk about some crazy poon he used to have? Because at one point during the movie, <laughs> uh, Jerry Seinfeld's, I guess his grandfather, talked about, yeah, I used to go out with, I guess, what, a centipede or whatever? Oh, those hundred crazy legs kept me up all night. Oh, it was a cricket, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever, cricket, and it's like, yeah, dude, your daughter is right there. <laughs> no, it's okay, it's though, funny. because they're not actually related. <laughs> but they're all cousins. Oh, distant cousins. Yeah, the, it's like the first ten minutes of a lot of jokes like, hey, let's go fuck our bee cousins. Yeah. <laughs> let's go fuck our bee cousins and relax before we get our jobs for life that we'll die in. Like, alright. I got kids here, movie, but okay. <laughs> I'll just explain this later, I guess. Okay, so Parker, you've mentioned to me via text a number of times that Seinfeld is one of your all-time favorite shows. So which joke do you nope. think you... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> times Seinfeld was brought up. <laughs> Good friend's impression. That's my parking spot. That's my parking spot. For like four hours. That was his impression of every Seinfeld Every, every Seinfeld, it's just, what's the deal with the airline peanuts? Parker can't relate bears? to Seinfeld because he looks at it and goes, wait, what, they can just walk places? What the fuck, I'm out. <laughs> That's My a good point, yeah. dude. <laughs> After, uh, like, have where run, are their horses? Like, what's, <laughs> what's going on? Like, hmm, that's weird. Is Central... someone going to say giddy up or what? <laughs> They're in Central Park, there's no cacti, I don't know. The fuck I'm looking at. What's the deal with this Kramer guy? Why isn't he wearing rodeo clown makeup? You can't hear him coming. They don't even have spurs on. He can just sneak in his apartment whenever he wants. I'm, I'm going to put on Parker's in. review of Seinfeld because at the end of the episode, it's just Boomhauer calling it the show about nothing. I mean, I don't like the Kramer character. I prefer Michael Richards' later work. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think about is like. You know, everyone does like that joke about Seinfeld. It's like, what's the deal with airplane peanuts or something like that? And all I can think about with peanuts is just <laughs> Josh and I were walking into trivia with Gabby close at hand, and we were just like, what do you think nuts taste like? And we just looked at her. <laughs> There's something desperately wrong with us. <laughs> Got her. What is the deal with we nuts? We just though? went on for like 15 minutes. Like, you think they taste so? <laughs> Ask anyone but Joel. <laughs> Tastes like levitation. Oh, we have to. Have, we have to ask Blue Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget. Anyway, that's a pull right there. Oh, that's a that's a deepest pull I think I've had in quite a long time, especially considering how exhausted I am. Um, so. I, again, I actually think this movie was decently funny, and Alex, I think there are a lot of points you you said you enjoyed it a lot more than you thought you would. Parker, you had a different experience with this movie. Please tell us. <laughs> I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed every scene with John Goodman reading the script and going, 
Yeah, I'm just, just going to be this giant racist <laughs> rooster. That's fine. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say. This goddamn Human piece. Foghorn Leghorn is an incredible they character. They desperately need to give him, movie. like, three more, like, handkerchiefs to dab the sweat away from his bald pate. So, what's your character? Well, uh, I'm going to tell everyone that this fucking bee <laughs> is going to start banging white women. Like, oh, shit. Okay, John. <laughs> At one point, their case starts falling. Bear in mind, I was playing video games while I was watching this, so I wasn't really paying as close attention as perhaps I could have. Um, at one point, their case starts falling apart because I think they call him an illegitimate B because he's dating a white woman. So this movie is yeah, that, uh, kind of making it that, a uh, choice against miscegenation, I think. What are we talking about, movie? <laughs> what are we doing? There's another thing that's like, wait a second, bees don't smoke. It's like, wouldn't you leave with that? You're killing bees. You know, that's that's like the number one thing you could lead with. So they decide, oh yeah, I guess we can do that. And then he's like, well, check out what this smoke can do. And he kills 40,000 bees right there. You see that, my bee friends? It's just like, what the hell are you doing? I say, I say they fly in from all over the place. <laughs> Fornicate with our white women. You're like, oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> I thought this is a movie about, uh, I thought this was like a bug's hey, life. Uh, are, we, are we cool? Hey, uh, Alex, don't you think he said that a little too smoothly, a little too quickly, a little too naturally? I don't know what's going on here. It's, it's, <laughs> Sorry, sometimes my natural speaking voice comes out. He's heard these words a lot. Well, it's it's fine because football coaches <laughs> immediately after here. immediately after the scene where all of these bees get murdered with smoke, we get the all right, we got all our honey back scene, which just turns into the reparation skit from Chappelle's Show. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just bought this truck straight honey. <laughs> <laughs> to a bee known only as Tron. <laughs> 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 I got you, woman. <laughs> so, what what do you think was the most shameful part of the movie? Because my vote would be where they played uh, "Sugar, Sugar." My would oh, that's not even the most shameful song because there's a Cheryl cover, Cheryl Crow cover of a Beatles song. Oh, I, I forgot, forgot is that, that who that was? I forgot. Yeah, boy, was it <laughs> easily my most shameful moment was when he suicide bombed the. John Goodman's fat ass and I wrote Allahu Akbi and then deleted it hoping no one would ever know. <laughs> oh my god. I think that's even better that's than incredible. the high one. <laughs> I spent a lot of time thinking about John Goodman as his Cloverfield Lane character just dumping bees and acid in his bunker. It was... It was an interesting movie. We'll put it that way. It was an interesting four movies in one 90-minute block. Yeah, uh, I oh I want to talk about the animation because I have to do that. The animation for the bees and the, like their bee world was actually pretty good. Like there's a certain thing about animation in motion that you can't just have it be like too continuous because then it's just like it's like the Smurfs or something like that where it's just sort of like hard to look at um, and it's just constantly moving. There's like starting and stopping. Okay, it's doing this, it's doing that. That's all fine. But where I really don't like the animation is for the people because somehow it looks worse than Toy Story, which came out 12 years before this. It, the people are unsettling, yeah. unpleasant to look at. Yeah, and it, it, they're a lot of the time their faces don't match their voices. Again, especially Renee Zellweger. So, <laughs> who the fuck? Is uh, we're just we're supposed to think that her character is ugly in the human world, and that's why she has to resort to fucking a bee. Right? Okay, let's talk about the bee Renee romance. Um, <laughs> wow. How. Uh, Awfully delicate at first, uh, you know they're they're really great at flirting with each other. They seem to be comfortable around each other. 
legitimately, for the first, like, 45 minutes of this movie, I thought the bee was going to get friend-zoned. Which would have been fucking hysterical. That would have been great. But... <laughs> <laughs> Which movie do you think Cam would have hated more, this or Jumanji? <laughs> Every she friend zone that bee for literally no reason. Speak... <laughs> Look, man, I'm trying not to wake him up. All right, so... Uh... So at some point, I'm sorry. I'll provide lesser content. That's next okay. Time. <laughs> so at some point, we have to assume, like at one point, Matthew Broderick just straight up accuses him of making out with her, which he denies. Uh, which is really that's a really good way to like mess with. Uh, if you're in middle school and you're a boy, accuse another guy. like, yeah, you probably made out with a girl and just watch him like this. But uh, no, I didn't. That's gross. I like making out with guys. You probably made out with that big, tall woman who could step on you with her big toesies. <laughs> Didn't you, you fucking freak? She's so strong, she can just step all over you and you would just feel it crunchy to death. You fucking weirdo. Everyone who watched this movie is in for a wild ride. <laughs> oh, buddy, I was ready to go. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, after they it's... get past the team where he squiggles around in between her big, soft toes... He, uh... <laughs> her little piggly wiggly is just getting gently brushed by his little bee wings. Her feet I'm glad this movie trees. finally found its audience. <laughs> I'm the guy who watched it 300 times this year. <laughs> who finally had to explain himself, yeah. So I like to jack off. What's how everyone does it? I didn't read the article, I'm assuming. Actually, you're gay if you don't, so... <laughs> Look, wizard power. Actually, uh, my prostate is probably in better state than yours. So. Yeah. I mean, really, there is no upside to being uh, an incel as a bee because you can already fly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the guy, the guy who uh, said it, the first thing he said was, "Look, wizard powers aren't real." <laughs> <laughs> He's never read Harry Potter, evidently. Anyway, don't jack off. He's never gone for a nice morning run. England, go. Where's Diagon Alley? <laughs> I waited so long. <laughs> Cam, with one weird trick, Cam Newton hates this guy. <laughs> Flying down the field. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, Cam Newton did not practice today. Uh, he was on his phone and he clicked on it and said, if you don't come in 30 <laughs> seconds, you're fucking stupid. And it's really thrown off his accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to B-movie. Please. <laughs> Can we talk about how funny it was when he stings John Goodman's ass and we just jump cut to him on his deathbed? <laughs> That's the thing. Is like every once in a while the movie knows how to play its joke. I have a feeling like the way they made this movie is like... Obviously, this all came from Jerry Seinfeld being like, what if we made a movie about... Okay, we get it. And they just grabbed like a half dozen writers, threw them into a room and said, you will drink no water, you will eat no meat until you write every single joke that you can for this movie. And they wrote 2,000 jokes for this movie. And I have to admit, I kind of respect that move because a lot of them just simply do not work. A lot of them are just like, look, the bee is moving around and making a silly face. But... Some of the jokes are kind of funny. Some of the jokes actually work really well. I, I think the story is asinine, but I mean, you're not exactly expecting Citizen Kane over here. It's 
it's actually I have to admit this is a I'd say this is a good movie I think this is well done especially when you consider like some of the other stuff that DreamWorks was making at the time compared to like I don't know like Ice Age or whatever was that even DreamWorks was that was that Blue Sky Studio I, or something? So. I don't know who knows the only other movie from DreamWorks I remember from around this era is like they had the Shrek movies which I didn't really like and uh future episodes uh, god willing no and the other one that I actually did like was Surf's Up I think Surf's Up is actually a pretty decent movie that's like a what's that you want to watch Surf's Up too with wrestlers doing the voices of penguins uh maybe all right, next week's episode. <laughs> next week's so, with my family. <laughs> so, Chris, I came to a uh, depressing realization during this movie. Let's hear it. Is this our last great courtroom drama? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> man! That can't be how this ends. I can't think about that all night. That's gonna fuck with me. If the bees, yeah, <laughs> if the bees' dick doesn't fit, you must acquit. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not even. Proud Man, of I hate this. <laughs> ruined my night. <laughs> yeah. This wasn't in my notes. It just popped into my brain, and I went, "Oh fuck!" A two thousand page John Grisham novel me. about bees. <laughs> God Almighty! I don't, I don't know wasp the problem with you. Anyway, uh, oh. Be- <laughs> oh, behave, Christopher. <laughs> Speaking of our next episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Starring Beyonce. You like James Bond, right? Do you like Colbert? <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> oh, man. I, I forgot her name was Foxy Brown. I was about to be like, yeah, her name is Honey. Br- oh wait, never mind. So. <laughs> Just imagine real life Michael Caine talking to a bunch of bees for ninety. Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> There's only two kinds of people I can't stand in this world. <laughs> Bears. <laughs> <sighs> One might say they are the least graceful of the entire feline family. Shut up. <laughs> so all those, all those bears have been hiding out in Argentina for way too long. You catch my drift? Time to do something about it. So any any final words on Fiddler in the Hive? I mean, uh, the B movie. Better than I was expecting, honestly. Yeah. I enjoyed this a lot. I cannot imagine any like twelve year old going to this movie and enjoying it. Maybe not today. I think it this was mo- baffling. <laughs> this movie is either made for like six year olds or thirty six year olds. Yeah, I feel like this movie was made for like us. Like, yeah, in twelve years, some fucking douchebags on the internet are going to come along and appreciate. B&B. I still straight up do not understand what the fucking deal is with that guy from Goodfellas. What's the deal? Why the fuck did Ray Liotta show up selling honey? <laughs> How did we not talk about? <laughs> that oh was the straightest thing. I, like, I yeah, that was so weird. It was like, who is this making fun of? Paul Newman. Like, if like, that's the thing, is like they just have his face in there. Ray Liotta. I don't even know who that is. Oh, that's a pretty funny joke. And they keep bringing him back. I'm like, it's still funny, but I'm not sure why. I'm like looking around. It's like people tell me you're devilishly handsome, and then he straight up says he's a bad fella. My heart stopped for that, seconds. Like, that was, like, a, a classic example of, like, when, like, wacky random humor that is funny solely because it's so fucking unexpected. Because, like, you're Sorry. not sitting there going, like, that's a hilarious joke. You're sitting there laughing going, why the fuck is Ray Liotta here? I, I think you can imagine the conversation that had to happen with Ray Liotta and what that could have looked like. <laughs> See, that's the thing. is like, I'm not sure that that's quite the term I'd use for it. It's 
wacky random humor, I think, because although it is definitely wacky and random, I think it's more like reference humor, which is something that I can't stand. It's something that uh, the nostalgia critic used to do that I couldn't stand is that he would just look. This is a reference. Oh, you didn't this like is, something he did? This is wow. Something. It's like look at this. This is a reference to something else. That crazy exists. that you watched so many hundreds of hours of this. Oh, you have, and you didn't like you it. have no idea. Just calling out my one comedic crutch in front of everyone. That's cool. And, I guess. No, no, no. But like, here's the thing, though. It's like and racism. If you're saying something, it has to tie in with something. That's why the sting joke works so well. <laughs> the sting joke is incredible. They called him Sting. And they they really they, they held off the gas to just not call him Larry Sting. They called him B. Larry King. You know, there's a human Larry King. Yeah, it's a common name. I don't know why they that's got so him funny. Sting to record lines. That way they could yell about him about stealing B. Valor. <laughs> so, so which is the better Sting movie, this or Dune? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my this is Lord. a fucking kids movie, and there's like multiple jokes that you would only get if you watched Larry King there, there, or like were familiar with this fucking CNN jokes. show. Like, like, it's just Larry King on the Larry King show. I mean, I'm a B though. Alright, here's my interview. <laughs> the same fucking set. Like, you couldn't just have him voice a random reporter. <laughs> Was that the last thing they shot? So, uh... Like, oh, <laughs> shit, we did, I should animate this real quick. I just copy-paste that studio background. So, I think my favorite line in the movie is... Want to form a suicide pact? Because <laughs> I was definitely not expecting I'll that. I'll go first. Okay, I wrote that down. I couldn't remember, like, wait, was that a real line, or is that just, like, me decompressing <laughs> Okay, that was a real line someone said. Yeah, that's... Because yeah. the bees. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I guess that concludes our business for now. I would like not to turn bees. things over to bees. something we've forgotten to do. Not the bees! <laughs> well, there. Better bee movie, this or Wicker Man? <laughs> this. Yes, yeah, obviously. Correct. Um, <laughs> Wicker Man fucking sucks, dude. Yeah, honestly, it it's like, so you can bad. just just watch the memes, you know? Anyway, uh, both versions. Always. Stronger bear performance in that movie. Ooh, yeah. uh, Wicker Man. I guess I'd <laughs> be by default. Actually, stronger bear performance. I'll fucking go with I'll go with Yogi Bear. Next week's episode. He <laughs> fucking one-punch man is that broad to hell in that bear costume. <laughs> Anime reference, okay. Um, okay. Best Check bear it. performance of all time, the Aristocats. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> Why do everybody wants to be a, <laughs> a bear cat? <laughs> Good saying. <laughs> I hope you have to explain to your roommates why they're awake in the middle of the night. <laughs> no, you see, it's like Aristocats, but bears are like forest cats. <laughs> no, I'll pack my stuff. Don't throw it over the balcony. I anyway, got it. It's fine. Um, Just pretend it happened on Animorphs. Speaking it. of fine. the game of games, I have to. I want to go back to assignments. I did, in fact, upload all three episodes last time. You did. You got some content. Oh god, I got three hours of content. So I'd like to make. Uh, two assignments, and these both go to Alex Parker. All right. Uh, one of these movies is good, and the other one is extremely good. Um, yes. The first movie is Perfect Blue, which I, I think you'll really okay. like. Um, if, yeah. I, if I'm wrong, then... Yeah, that's something I would have gotten to eventually. Yeah, anyway, it's, it's kind of just like moving it up that. the list. And the other one, I, I, I feel like this should go to Parker, but I want you to watch it first. It's um, the Dragon Ball Z movie. Uh, the live action one that's supposed to be like really really bad 
Somehow I haven't seen oh, this yet. Thank goodness. I I think this is one of the <laughs> the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life. I've laughed so hard watching this. It's it I've never seen a movie just completely miss the point so hard. It misses the point harder than the Avatar movie, than than the Super Mario Brothers movie, than the Double Dragon movie. This is just absolutely incredible. So does it miss more than Michael Bay missed the mark when he made Pearl Harbor? <laughs> no, they, nice they hit the target. Oh, oh. You, oh uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, there you go. Uh, next week's episode, I could absolutely do Lawnmower Man. Yeah, I'm down with that. <laughs> I actually have no idea what either one is about. <laughs> Oh, buddy. <laughs> You're about to go beyond cyberspace, coward. Oh, God. I'm ready to log so on. Re- <laughs> okay. I am going to watch both. I, des- I deserve that. And that's the tea, sis. That's all, folks.